With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, everybody, and welcome to the newest installment of the Double or Nothing podcast. I am Mason Migliera. That is Patrick Previty. And, uh, yeah, we had some all-star game festivities over this earlier this week. And um, we're also going to get into some NFL because that is going to start ramping up very, very soon. We're going to take a little break from basketball. I feel like we've done a lot of talk about that. Um, but, Patrick, first of all, how you doing? What's up? Um, I'm doing great. Uh, as you alluded to a little bit, uh, basketball talk is kind of over. was kind of my thing a little bit, but I'm definitely done and happy that I'm done with talking about Summer League. Uh consolation bracket and the semifinals are this weekend and i don't care and nor should really anybody else other than the players actually playing it and fighting for their hoop dreams um it just doesn't matter and i'm i'm looking forward to to football and baseball once again showed us why their all-star weekend and their festivities are the best in uh the four american sports yeah man let's get right into it i mean the home run derby that is just I think that and probably the three-point contest, I think those are two of the most exciting things for all-star festivities, all that kind of stuff, and the, all the four sports, uh, four major sports. Um, but, man, this this home run derby, it was it was very entertaining, um, very shocking, in my opinion. Um, obviously, we had the winner in Vladimir Guerrero Jr. He – that was like his third – that was his third home run derby, and I think he'd be been runner-up once – and he put on a show another year. I think it was in Cleveland. He did really, really well. And then I think he had one more year. I don't know. Maybe my memory's not serving me right. But um, I know you said that you watched. Was there anything in particular that kind of like stood out to you? You were like, oh, damn, that was really impressive. Well, I would first. Well, there was a few things. I'm piggybacking off of what you said about Vladdy a little bit. Um, We were talking about power and you kind of needed that like the cardio to withstand it, but also just like the sheer ability and the size and like that kind of war, you kind of saw that as the, um, as the contest just went on, you need that like level of, uh, just girth and strength on your body, like Mm -hmm. to continue through the rounds. I mean, you only get one time plus you need to make some, something of your, uh, extra time that you earn. 
And we saw that some of the players, like, I believe I thought maybe it was Randy Rosarina, but it was um, another, another one of them, uh, like, and maybe the second round had extra time and didn't, wasn't able to get anything out of it. Mm -hmm. I forgot, I forgot the player, his name is escaping me, but it was just interesting because it's like, you were in that extra time, but it kind of, it's a, it's a different beast, you know, as you continue to go on, you get three minutes and then it's like, it's, it's a lot. I mean, you saw they were in a full sweat. If you think about it, it's really kind of almost tougher than what you're doing, like in game, maybe not from a skill position, but from like a, a sheer athletic point is tough. hundred percent. And hundred uh, percent. Right. Yeah. I, I that mean, impressed so, me. The fact that he, he just, you know, there's one, one man's going to win it, but just, you know, he was mm-hmm. just consistent through all of the rounds. So the one thing that I, what I remember is, um, you have Mookie Betts, who's really, really small, but he has, like, his cardio is just so up there. And he, like, everyone else took a timeout except for him. But he, what he lacked was that power. He needed that power to hit one 440. He needed to hit two 440 feet so he could get that extra time. And he was obviously unable to do it. But he he showed his pure just cardio and his ability to just hit hit those bombs for three straight minutes that's so difficult to do and then you compare it to Vladimir Guerrero who you saw he got worn out by the end of his extra time but he had that sheer power to constantly hit him out and he also was able to hit some on a line speaking of hit him on a line um Randy Rosarena I I think it was in the last round he just started boom over the head, boom, over the head, like just constantly getting back into position. He was hitting line drive homers, and that was what almost brought him the win against Vladimir Guerrero, and that was that was impressive in itself because I know how tiring that is. I swing a baseball bat every now and again, and I get tired after like five or ten swings. These dudes are swinging a wood bat, trying to hit it 300-plus feet, and just for three straight minutes. It's so impressive. And it's so different from what they like train for at the very least, you know, you mentioned like maybe the three point contest at the very least it's different taking the ball off the rack and continuing to shoot, but it's not like the absolute, like just on the other end of the spectrum, like it would be for the home run derby. And another thing was that was also impressive was Ali Rutschman doing the uh, little bit of a switch hitting uh, in the first round there. It's unfortunate that his, you know, he did that and then immediately was upstage by the hometown hero. But so, so what, was so impressive and shocking there was he was the eighth seed and uh he only has like 12 homers on the year he did have his dad throwing i think i saw the pat McAfee show they were like should dads get not be allowed to throw in the homer derby what the hell is that bs no they 100 should be throwing you take advantage of your dad who's thrown to you since you were a little kid and that that was perfect he was thrown into his wheelhouse every time and rushman showed out man like that was really awesome unfortunately he just got beat by the number one guy in Luis robert but um, if he was up against anybody else other than Julio Rodriguez, um, he would have beaten them. So it just really kind of sucks. I think there can be still some tweaks to the home run derby and everything. But, um, yeah, what Ali Rushman did going from the left side then to the right side, he went seven for eight in his extra time. That was so, so awesome. And I really was hoping that he was going to win it, um, at least that round. Um but then we also had – I want to talk about Julio Rodriguez real quick. He went up against uh, Pete Alonzo, and he hit like 40 or 41. 41. 41 total in one round. That is unheard of. That's insane. So he was definitely using that that hometown crowd for sure. 
and uh, he knocked out Pete Alonzo, who was my betting favorite, honestly. But, you know, I, I, I wasn't really that surprised. Were you surprised at all about anything that happened in the home run derby? Well, I think maybe the least surprising of that kind of storyline was the fact that he came back down to earth for the rest of the uh, yeah. derby because it's just like I've been like um, saying – it's a tough thing to continue to go to in all the rounds. It's almost like he used up all of his juice, all of his, like his motor um, in the first round, but it was a, it was certainly a nice moment. And it came like immediately after um, the switch hitting thing, I believe, or maybe like short, shortly. Different after. Rounds. Yeah, no different rounds, but I think it came immediately after they were both in the first round. Yeah. 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 They both were in the first round. You're right. You're yeah. Right. Yeah. But I different, different about. matchups. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. But it was, that was definitely a good, uh, a good point for the Derby. I think it, I think it was a, a very much a success. I, I liked the production of it too. So mm-hmm. I enjoy Although, it. I don't know if you saw this on Twitter. <laughs> My friend sent it to me. Um, Vladimir Guerrero hit an absolute piss missile and it nailed a kid in the eye. And it was just like, you know, the sound from Fortnite was just be do be do. And he just got knocked. It was so funny, not once, funny, but you know, once again, hats off to the production. Uh, I did <laughs> see that on Twitter, but I didn't see it live because they kind of just kept going. It was very like, you no, you have to. The show must go on. Well, I guess, yeah. And then you, and then you hear people saying, "Oh, should we not have these kids out there in the outfield?" Probably Is not. That, really, you think so? You probably shouldn't have kids in the outfield doing that because they, God forbid, someone gets hurt, like seriously hurt. Then you have lawsuits and a bunch of other BS that I know that the MLB just doesn't want to deal with. But that's enough talk for the home run derby. I do want to talk about the All Star game for just a, a split second. Um, I'm gonna do my. Little Miami Marlins uh, fan dumbness, right? Real, real quick. Luis Arias went two for two. He saw two pitches. He had an RBI. He could have been the MVP if it wasn't for Elias Diaz um, hitting that three run or that two run homer in the eighth inning. And um, I just want to say the Braves they went one for eleven total with five strikeouts. The only one that didn't have a strikeout was Austin Riley, who was a replacement. Um, um, for Nolan Arenado. So that was just really funny because the Braves are supposed to be this big, bad team, but whatever. I, I, I'm going on a rant here. But the All-Star game itself was really, really well, – was pretty good. I uh, I don't know if you used to watch back when they had, like, the home team jerseys on and everything, and now they have these, like, like special um, All-Star game jerseys. I think it's dumb. I think they should go back to wearing their regular home uniforms – or away uniforms if you're depending on what uh league the ballpark is in but um yeah what were your thoughts overall on the on the all-star game itself well i'll definitely circle back to your jersey comment because jerseys in general for all of the uh, all-star stuff have become like really watered down garbage essentially yeah money i guess um mm-hmm. no but it's That's nice to it have is. a competitive all, uh, all-star game no matter what if it you know since it it doesn't lead to a world series um, like the home field advantage, but um, it was still nice to see a competitive all-star game, especially one that went, you know, in to the eighth inning. Um, I mean, it was, uh, it was nice to see. I was, I was glad that it, it was competitive. You don't, you don't see that in the NBA and the NFL anymore. I mean, the NFL has pretty much done away with it. So I think yep. that's one thing that baseball can really hang their hat on. And hopefully this all-star weekend can get more fans involved and was a really good like marketing tool for what happened because you still had, even though Otani didn't pitch, he hit. And I think um, that uh, just overall great, great spots. I think the MLB is in a really good position um, after this all-star break. 
I think a lot of fans, I think a lot of fans liked it. I, I mean, I enjoyed it. So, but back yeah. to the, I completely agree with the jerseys thing. I, I don't understand why they don't do that. I mean, the best, the best times I'm listening to the uh, NBA all-star game are when they wear their jerseys back from the nineties, right. When they used to all wear their own, um, mm-hmm. when their home team jerseys. So if they can do it, I feel like anybody else can, but yeah, you're, it's probably for money at the end of the day. So yeah, it's just for money. I mean, it is what it is. I think they were really bland this year, um, but it is what it is. As I said, um, you know, if the uh, one last thing, if that game was a tie after the ninth inning, you know what they do? It's a home run derby. Like, how cool would that be if the All Star game ended in like a three player home run derby from each team? Like, that would just be sick. You're getting double the excitement for the price of one like you go in thinking you're just getting an all-star game but then you also get a home run derby at the end that would just be so cool I thought they were going to try for it um Julio Rodriguez came up and everyone was going crazy because he could hit a walk off or he could have tied the game whatever it was so that was really cool in itself too but uh uh, Craig Kimbrell was able to lock it down there at the end and uh give the NL the win but um but yeah I'm sure we'll definitely get some more baseball talk in we are heading into the dog days of summer. Um, we've got the trade deadline coming up uh, at the end of the month. And then we got the August and then the September September run for the postseason. So uh, stay tuned because we're definitely going to be uh, talking some baseball once uh, it gets towards the playoffs. But now I know we're going to talk about a little bit of uh, hard knocks, huh? You want to lead us into that? Yeah, the NFL just announced that the New York Jets are going to be on hard knocks for this upcoming season. Uh, They qualified. Unfortunately, Robert Sala has already said that they don't want to be involved. But for teams to uh, qualify, I believe you can't make the playoffs in the past two seasons, appear in the last 10 seasons in the show, and you can't have uh, first-team head coaches or first-year head coaches, excuse me. So they uh, fit the bill. And honestly, they were the most interesting. The only teams that were like left among those possibilities were the Jets, Bears, Saints, and Commanders. So it was the an Bears easy decision. I think it was an easy decision with Aaron Rodgers coming on. The Jets uh, appeared on Hard Knocks in 2010, and uh, last year was the Lions. I know they gained a lot of a lot of fans uh, with uh, Dan Campbell running around there, and um, I like Jared Goff, so I enjoyed watching. I enjoyed watching the Lions last year. Um, I think the Jets are going to be really, uh, really interesting this year. Do you have any ideas of where they might finish in their division? Well, if you can't tell, I'm wearing a Miami Dolphins uh, hoodie right now. So I think the Jets are just the epitome of the earth and the scum of the earth. And I, I hate them. I hate Jet fans. Um, sorry to any Jet fans that are listening. I don't really care for you. Actually, one of my best – I have plenty of friends that are Jet fans. But, you know, we move past that. Um I want to talk about Hard Knocks for a second. I personally have actually never really watched Hard Knocks, so I don't really know what it really is about. I know it's like an in-depth look at the team and everything. After maybe, Can you explain it to me a little bit just so that I get like a better understanding of what it is because I've never really watched it? So Hard Knocks will kind of be like you'll meet the uh, usual suspects maybe in you know in the first episode a little bit. You'll uh... – You'll kind of see Aaron Rodgers coming into camp and you'll see uh, Robert Sala and how he runs things. And you'll get interviews from, you know, the main players. You know, you see uh, Sauce and uh, and uh, Garrett Wilson, you know, your, your rookies of the year. But it's mainly about as the series goes on, the players trying to make the roster. And you kind of go and see their personal lives and, you know, how it would actually like go a, a, 
you know, during a, an NFL training camp for a guy that you may never have heard of. And so, like, that's a very interesting um, part of it and the main focal point. But also you get to watch them and how they play in the preseason. I, there's only two preseason games now, right? So Two or um, three, something like that. Oh, yeah, th- or three. Um, so, so it's less than it used to be because it used to be you'd watch through all four. And obviously the players don't play in the preseason anymore. So it's definitely more of the behind the scenes over the last uh, couple of years. But it's very interesting. You You learn a lot about the teams um during the the four or five episodes huh well maybe if i watch then i can get get the schemes going and then i can let the dolphins know what the heck they're gonna do um that's why some coaches don't like it there's it's pretty much panned by the coaches but at the end of the day it's not yeah i don't think it would really matter no it's not gonna matter they're not gonna leak that much stuff um but i know that the Jets are playing in the Hall of Fame game this year, so they get started going early, and also uh, that probably helps their case for wanting to to start uh, doing hard knocks and everything because they're they're playing the the Hall of Fame game, so they're starting early. They can get production going and everything. I oh, think the Bears. That's a good point. I didn't know they were playing in the Hall of Fame game. Yeah, so they start they start early. I'm pretty sure, uh, or they've already started early. Um, I'm like almost preseason positive. is close. It's right it around the corner. It's coming in like early August. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm so excited for this football season, man. I, I don't know about you, but I got, I, I have so much hope for my Dolphins, man. <laughs> I, I hate going into it with such optimism and hope because my, I can just have my feelings crashing down. And I know this, we should probably, I should probably learn, learn how to be a little bit more neutral, but man, I can't stop talking about my teams, man. But um, what what are some what are some I things? I agree. I like the Dolphins. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But just one thing about the Dolphins before that team is different when two is out there. He's oh, so good, and he can just spread the ball around and Waddle and Hill running around. They're probably the best. Should I say the best receiver duo in the league? Am I forgetting I mean, somebody? I mean, off the top of my head, I mean it's so explosive. They're so fast. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tua. As long as he's healthy, man, I just don't want to see another. I don't want to see another injury period, obviously, but mainly concussion or anything that has to do with his like, you know, neck or anything like that. Mm. I don't want to see that. And if it doesn't happen next year, I mean, I could see them in the playoffs. Oh, I think I I think think that's a pretty that's not a hot take or anything. I think that's no, no, not at all. Widely accepted statement. The goal of the Dolphins is not just the playoffs. It's to like it's championship. We're we're in this window right now. I think we got like two years. Um, it's champion or championship or bust, honestly. And yeah, that's because so then you crazy. you'll have to. They'll probably have to retool, re rebuild. I mean, you got Jalen Ramsey, so you're mm-hmm. obviously going in right now. And they made the playoffs last year, but they were obviously limping in. You know, they were one of the top teams in the first you know half or sixty yep. percent of the season, and yep, yep, just yep. without Tua, it's just not it's just not going to work. They just don't have another. Yeah, obviously they don't have another quarterback that can clearly take him anywhere. Who is the playoffs. nucleus of that team and that offense? Obviously, I mean, if he's not there, then like now, last year it was Teddy Bridgewater and and Skylar Thompson. Like that, that's it's such just a not going to work. Gap. And the skill set of those those quarterbacks are so different. Like Tua has that finesse passing, and he's going to get it to where it needs to be. And but he's not, and he, he's a little bit mobile, but eh, not a ton. Now this year we have Tua and Mike White and Skylar Thompson. Mike White, I don't know. 
he can fill in for a game or two and he can do his magical stuff and he can win us a game or two if needed. But this team is will go as far as Tua, Tua goes and Tua lets them. But I think uh, that's enough Dolphins. What what other teams are we kind of looking at? I mean, we know we got the Kansas City Chiefs and um, the 49ers are also going to be pretty good this year. The Bengals obviously always really good. Um, what what teams are you looking at this year that are going to like do some make some make some things happen? Well, I do want to get out of the AFC East, but I do think that the Bills stock right now yeah. is is low. I think they get a lot of hate because there's an expectation of them that is extremely high. Mm-hmm. But I think that team is a clear divisional team at their like uh floor. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's you don't want to take that for granted, especially when you're looking into stuff before the season, because there's not a lot of teams that you could really say that about. I mean, and the teams that you would say that about are some really elite teams that I think people hold a different connotation towards. So I would say Bill's stock is still um, it's stable, um, but people are very, very down on it. And mm-hmm. I think I think whatever's going on with Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, man. Uh, week one, him getting 12 receptions, 140 yards, and a touchdown will solve everything. Um, so does production. So I think I think they'll be fine. But I like the Bills. The AFC East is a very, very, very interesting division. I mean, especially with the Patriots. You know, you never know with them. But um, outside of that, uh, obviously, yes, the usual suspects uh, in the AFC would be the Bengals and the Chiefs and uh, – Chargers, Jags. I don't know if any of those teams are falling out of the playoffs. I it's tough for me to say without an injury. Um, I I really like the Jags. I really like the Jags. I that's I the team that, team that I could see like yeah. that I could see really taking another step and maybe even getting home field. They have Christian Kirk this year. No, not oh my god, Calvin Ridley. Sorry, they got Calvin Ridley coming in this year. Like that's going to be a huge huge boost for them. Because their wide receivers are Christian Kirk and then, what, Zay Jones? Anyone else big? Uh, Evan Ingram? They yeah, Evan Ingram. Yeah, he, like, didn't, he didn't exactly have world beaters on the outside there, no, Trevor Lawrence. But he, he was able to make it work. And and now with uh, Calvin Ridley, that is, that's pretty explosive right there. He, he's a big player. He was quietly that guy in Atlanta. And um, – oh, I thought it was – I think it's one of the more underrated, um, you know, quote-unquote moves because he's coming back. I think mm-hmm. I think that's going to really help that offense. And also Doug Peterson in his uh, second year yes. will be will be much better. I mean, you saw Trevor Lawrence improvement from the Urban Meyer year. That's almost like – he almost feels like a second-year QB now, a true yep. second-year QB because that first year was just such a wash. But if you want to move to the NFC, we can. There's yeah. it's that's probably even more wide open because you see in a lot of years the turnover uh in playoff teams is pretty immense, especially in the NFL. Mm-hmm. It's full of parity. Um, but the AFC is kind of building a lot of really court like great quarterback driven teams, but the NFC is the complete opposite. So I think the NFC is definitely in for perhaps an overhaul, maybe outside of the Eagles. Any uh any team that you think is gonna crash the party? Crash the party, crash party on the on the Eagles. No, nah, well, yeah, maybe on the Eagles, but also in the playoffs. Just in general, a team that maybe didn't make it last year or that you're watching. Um, because right now the Eagles are the second. Uh, they have the second best know. odds. Uh, to win the Super Bowl. How about the Lions, man? How about the Lions? 
I like I the Lions. I like them. Obviously, we talked about them being on Hard Knocks last year. Um, I know they've got some suspension issues with uh, with the gambling and everything, but nothing too crazy. They had that great run at the end of the season last year, and I felt like they almost kind of became like America's team almost because no one really hates the Lions unless you're in the in the same division as them. Like if you're a Packer, Bears, or Vikings fan, you don't like um, uh, who the Lions. I don't, we were literally just talking about them. I agree. So I think that they can ride that momentum that they had last year. Dan Campbell is a phenomenal coach, by the way. Like he he brings the energy that is needed for a team, and and he leads them so so well. So I mean they got they got a veteran quarterback in in golf, and uh, I know that they just lost. Uh, didn't they lose Williams? They didn't resign him, right? Oh no! Yeah, he he left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, that's obviously going to be a huge blow, but they all, they have DeAndre Swift anyways. So there, and then their wide receivers, what's his name that everyone was freaking out over? Oh my gosh, why is it escaping my mind? Um, um, Wait, Amase so, Brown. Okay, well, I definitely hate to correct, but they, they traded De, uh, DeAndre Swift in that big trade. Remember to the Eagles. Oh my God, DeAndre Swift is on the on the Eagles now. Oh my God, I didn't. Yeah, they're, oh, they're collecting. They're collecting uh, Georgia players. Oh, you're so right. Wait, so who's the running? Who's who's the running back on the? Jamal Williams went to the uh, Saints. Yeah, I know that he was gone. I remember hearing. That oh he my like... gosh, I just you put me on the spot with the running back. I'm just like not even thinking about, um, who it might be. I'm trying to look myself. I can't even figure out who the heck is their running back. Oh gosh, now we look. Terrible. Oh wait, Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs. They uh, they drafted Jameer oh. Gibbs on top of um who like who was already in their in their room outside of that, um, yeah. So uh, they're gonna hopefully that they're gonna use him in a certain way. I don't know if he could be like the power back. I think he's maybe more of like the Christian McCaffrey type. Yeah. But um, I like what they're doing. Uh, I mean, they said like, hey, they didn't want to pay. They didn't want to pay him, and they they wanted to make a deal, and they went out and. You know, they let Jamal Williams walk and they uh, traded DeAndre Swift. So, you know, that's just, it is what it is. I think that team is a, I think it's very likely that they could win that division. Wild card. Oh, well, wild oh. card easily. Well, but yeah, you, yeah, I could. think they could win the division. I like the Vikings. In the regular season, I like the Vikings. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know what to think of the Packers just yet. I, you'd almost have to see it with Jordan Love. And yeah. I think the Bears are still a year away, but I love Justin Fields. That might be like my one team where I'm like, you know what? That division might flip. I think you could see like the Bears in maybe the second position in that division. For and sure. Like it could be like and I could see something crazy. I mean, I'm really low on the Vikings. I'm 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 out on them now. I don't mm-hmm. I don't really expect to see them doing anything in the playoffs, in all honesty. After what I saw I last year. Yeah. And then the NFC South is also really kind of just bad. Like who? Zero the... uh, quarterback play. Well, I mean Derek Carr on the Saints now. That should be interesting. I, I think. Yeah, I think Derek Carr on the Saints that gives them one last hope with with their roster that they yeah. have because they have a lot of holdovers, um, for years now from those really good Breeze teams from mm-hmm. like 2018, um. And it's time to cash in. I think you really—they're trying to win now, and they got Derek Carr, and they finally got a little bit of stability. I don't know how good they're going to be. I don't know what the ceiling for that team is. 
But again, that whole division is so, so bad. So you have if you have a quarterback like Derek Carr, he can get you wins. He's an NFL quarterback. Like he he's done it for many, many years. So I think they, they did a good job like realizing their situation and the potential that they have to make the playoffs. Because once you get in, anything can happen. So I, I think that's good on them for doing that. But again, that entire division is really is really poor. Um I, I agree. I, I think I think if you're trying, if it's a close game and you're going against the Bucks, Falcons, or Panthers, you'd like to think you could beat the rookie from Carolina. You'd like mm-hmm. to think you could beat Baker and Tampa or Kyle Trask. Oh my god! Like when it comes to that. the end of the game, and then you'd like to think maybe you could beat Desmond Ritter um, for the Falcons. So, I mean, if you're the Saints, you want to win those close games, and a lot of, we've seen over the past handful of years the teams that win those close games end up actually going to the playoffs so like i remember the chargers i don't remember if it was last year or the year before that where they won a ton of their close games where they were like it was like nine and one or whatever um in one possession game so it's like the marlins in one run games this year (laughs) sorry had to bring in another baseball reference and then we got the nfc east and the nfc west i think the team that is going to come out of the NFC is going to come from one of those two divisions, probably. I, I'm really? low on the Cowboys. I don't really like the Cowboys. Uh, I don't care for Dak. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on the Cowboys? Well, I, um, I'm i not exactly insanely high on them either, um, but I'm even lower on the Giants. And I don't know what to think about anybody. Uh, I don't know what to think about the Commanders. I I think the Eagles will continue their reign of dominance right now and they'll win that um they'll win that division. But I just don't I just don't see the Giants really taking a step forward. Saquon Barkley, he'll probably hold out till week one, I, I'd imagine, or I don't know if they're gonna get a new deal done. But I don't think Daniel Jones, I think that's you're in a level there that might be around Kirk Cousins. And I think that's a bad place to be, especially when you shelled out money to him. Maybe there were other options. Maybe there weren't. I don't see it, especially against, you know, respect to Dak, especially against Dak, Dak or Daniel Jones. You know, I'm going with Dak. Daniel Jones or Jalen Hurts, I'm definitely going with Hurts. I think when you compare the quarterbacks, where does that leave you? I think that might leave you third in that division. And I'm not insanely high on that division either because I'm not huge on the Cowboys. And then obviously the commanders. I mean, Sam Howell might be the guy who knows. I don't I don't really I don't really care enough about the commanders this year. I, I think they're still figuring it out. They had a great defense last year, but um I don't I don't know if they're gonna pull it together necessarily in that division. Yeah, the the it's definitely the Eagles that kind of lead that division. So when I'm saying like, oh, the division winner is gonna or the, the, the team that comes out of the NFC is coming from the NFC East or the West, um, I definitely mean the West or the Eagles <laughs> when I'm, when I'm talking about that. And then that's, let, fair, let, that's fair. Let's talk about the West for a quick second. I mean, they got uh, the 49ers who are obviously always really good. They're just such a well coached and just well put together team. I know they got some interesting quarterback situation there. That's probably their one biggest question mark, I would say. And then you got the Seahawks, Rams, and Cardinals. The Cardinals aren't going to do anything this year. Um, I know that we were talking about this earlier. They got, like, one of the lowest odds to win the entire Super Bowl. Um, the Rams, that, that team, they can do some stuff. And then the Seahawks, I don't think – 
them and um, the Giants, I kind of think, were like lightning in a bottle last year, and they kind of like got hot and they played really well and they played well above their expectation. And uh, this year, it's just going to kind of plummet. So I think in the West, it's going to end up being between the Niners and, and the Rams. What are your kind of thoughts on that real quick? I, I completely agree. I could not have said that about the Seahawks any better. I am just a little bit, um, maybe not nervous, because I think they did the smart thing by bringing Geno Smith back, but also drafting a QB. Um, they gave him a two-year deal, and they weren't exactly like too um, attached to him. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I like I like your assessment. I think the 49ers quarterback question is probably the biggest question in the, in the league because maybe Brock Purdy comes back. But if he does, maybe maybe Trey Lance gets moved or I, I have no idea what they want to do with that. But if they figure it out, that's the best team in the league because it's amazing in 2022 and now 2023 that you can go as far as the NFC championship game without a quarterback. I would have never thought that they are truly the best built team in the NFL and respect to the chiefs and Eagles, of course, but the 49ers are definitely just on a different level from the defensive side of the ball. And they have so many weapons on offense. It's literally just the quarterback position. Mm -hmm. I mean, and obviously coaching as well. Kyle Kyle Shanahan knows what he's doing. Um, But I'm glad that you mentioned the Rams. Um, their odds are extremely low um, to win the Super Bowl. They're at plus 7,000. Um, I just think they're different with Matt Stafford out there at, at the helm. They obviously lost Jalen Ramsey, and they haven't been – they were – nobody was healthy last year. But I think with Matt Stafford, um, you give him uh, to Sean McVay. We saw what happened in uh, 2021. I think – maybe not a similar thing because obviously this team is a little different, but I think the Rams are right there. I think that's a team that um, through a year's turnover can make the playoffs in the NFC and kind of crash the party a little bit. I think I would say, don't forget about the Rams. No, I definitely, I, I don't, disagree I know with you're not forgetting about them. <laughs> I, I won't forget about the Rams. Um, <laughs> I know we, there was one division that I think we kind of just skipped over too. Um, the AFC North, that that's a very interesting division. They're kind of, I think the Bengals are the, probably the favorite, but you got Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. The Ravens kind of did had some made some moves this offseason. And then you got the Browns and the Steelers. The Steelers are kind of in this weird kind of, in what I feel like, in this kind of like weird kind of rebuild almost. And then the Browns, no one really wants to talk about them because of Deshaun Watson and all that. But um. What are your thoughts? I think it's definitely going to be between the Bengals and the Ravens. What do you think is going to happen between the two of them? Yeah, I almost feel like we're going chalk in the AFC, but I'd have to agree. I want to think that Kenny Pickett can be the guy for the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked his late game stuff. I liked he was able to at least keep the uh, you know, the world from collapsing in on him. He wasn't bad towards the end of the games, but I just don't know if they're going to have the firepower of the Bengals and the Ravens. That's going to be tough. But those AFC matchups um, usually turn into a slugfest anyway. So maybe you won't need it for the divisional matchups, but um, you're definitely going to need it come later season and through different matchups. So I I just don't know if they're going to have it, but I'm interested to see his jump. Maybe, maybe they're one more year away from real contention in that division. And then, like you said, yeah, nobody wants to talk about Deshaun Watson, the Browns. I'd like to think he would be better, um, in all honesty, for Browns fans. I think Deshaun Watson 
it made sense that he was clearly rusty. And obviously they didn't start off great. He missed the first 11 games of the year or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, You probably would think he would be better. So maybe that could throw a wrench into things. And he, he I mean, he wasn't awful, Um, but I like, I think the Bengals are standing pat. I like, I like Joe Burrow. I think he's got it. I mean, it's obvious. So that kind of leaves what the Ravens. And I think they've made enough moves at the wide receiver position to help Lamar. I think they're really trying to buy into it and say, Hey man, here are the keys. You know, we're, we're here in the outside scrutiny. We wanted to get you receivers. We've tried our best, you know, um, here they are. You got them all yep. now. Yep. Got Odell. They got, got Odell. They drafted Zay flowers. I believe yes. um, you already have Mark Andrews. So you're, and, and they have Rashad have... Bateman. I think he'll be better. No, you're right. What do you what do you think about the AFC North? If you had to, um, um it's going to win the division. Do you think there's two teams that come out of that, um, to make the playoffs? It's so tough because the entire AFC is really, really is kind of is pretty top heavy. Honestly, no, not even top heavy. It's just really competitive. So it's going to be hard for a team. It's going to be difficult, um, because I think the Bills and the Dolphins and the Jets all there. The three of them are have a great chance of coming out of the AFC East. And then you got the Chiefs and the um, Chargers out of the AFC West. And then the Jaguars. Yeah, what about the Broncos, right? You know, is Russell Wilson going to suck with Sean Payton? Yeah, you never Maybe. know. He might. I don't know. It, it, it'll be tough. Um, I think the, the team. The AFC that comes, is loaded. It's the loaded. Team that, the team that comes out of the AFC North is going to be the team that wins the wins those divisional matchups. And I think uh, I, I think it's just going to be the Bengals that come out of there. I think the the Ravens are going to get upset and they're gonna they're going to be pissed and they're they're not going to make it to the playoffs this, this upcoming year. God, a lot of interesting stuff. I'd almost rather the uh, the playoffs be ten AFC teams, four right. AFC teams, just the yeah. division winners or whatever, because it's crazy. We didn't even that was the first mention of the Broncos. Yep. I, I almost feel bad. I almost, I'm trying to cover my bases because I know the NFL season is so unpredictable. Jimmy Garoppolo in, in, in Vegas. I mean, come on. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, who knows? You know, reuniting with Josh McDaniels. Oh boy. We'll, we'll definitely get into it in uh in the next episode for sure. Maybe mm-hmm. we'll actually draw out our division winners and uh, pick some of the games. We didn't even get to the international games. So we, hey. that'll be an interesting storyline to, uh, to see. Um, But that has been it for the uh, seventh rendition of Double or Nothing. I'm Patrick Previty. That's Mason Migliera. And we'll see you on the next episode. Peace out. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.